Well, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Saying podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm with Mr. Philip Clayman of Three Tree Coffee Roasters, a coffee roaster that is right here in Statesboro, Georgia, that has not only delivered on phenomenal coffee, but also a very interesting piece of their mission. Uh, today, our whole strategy or whole podcast is going to be directed behind what it means for a business to have a mission and how Three Tree developed theirs. Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Philip, Philip. Uh, so, you know, tell me a little bit about the mission behind Three Tree. Yeah. Well, we're named Three Tree because we have a threefold mission. And just as a tree to us is a symbol of life, right? A tree gives life in so many different ways. It provides oxygen for us to breathe. They provide uh, a home for birds to nest in. They provide food for us to eat. Just as a, a tree is giving life, we're called Three Tree because we want to give life in three ways. We want to empower our farmers. We want to end human trafficking and we want to engage our community. Wow. Those three three things are, you know, not something that I would say business typically kind of like goes towards. And so that, I guess, begs the question of, you know, how did the business itself start and, and make that its mission? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so my wife and I started roasting coffee in our backyard back in 2013. I guess maybe start of 2014. And it was kind of more of a hobby, right? We had a passion for coffee. I had worked in coffee prior and we thought, well, why not us? Let's let's roast in our backyard and, and see how good we are at this or see if we can figure it out. Uh, there was a humanitarian component to it where, mm -hmm. where uh, my degree is in agricultural economics. And I just had learned a lot about how there's a lot of uh, farmers, ag farmers specifically, that are exploited overseas based on unfair market structures that kind of pin them into poverty. Yeah. Uh, and this definitely falls in the category with coffee, but you see it in cocoa, tea, you know, textiles with shirts and and, and even other things as well. And did you learn this like in school or? I learned this in school. Kind of my final thesis paper was on uh, the coffee, cocoa and tea industries. Okay. And it was wild as I started digging in and learning that there's just a lot of exploitation and a lot of, uh, a lot of things that if if we were really knowing where we're purchasing our stuff or purchasing those goods, we would maybe be concerned and saying, why are we, why are we supporting uh, systems that are keeping people in poverty, right? And so um, as I started learning that coffee farmers are only making on average 60 cents per pound, as I started learning that um, there's still some even slave labor literally to this day that's that's implemented in some of these industries, I said, well, let's, even if it's just for our family or for our friends, let's roast in our backyard and buy coffee ethically. Let's mm -hmm. feel good about the way we buy it. Let's mm -hmm. make sure we're taking care of the farmers, the original producers who take so much more risk than we do, um, growing this crop for months on end in unpredictable weather. That's right? right. Let's make sure we're taking care of them and just source it ethically. Got you. And so like, you know, when you, what is that known as? Like, you know, there's so much coffee out there at, at this day and age. Uh, how does one kind of like pick out a coffee that does have those ethically um, considerations in place? Yeah. That was our first question. Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea, right? <laughs> we, we didn't know what how to do this. Yeah. We just knew we wanted to do it. Yeah. So I started calling a bunch of other coffee roasters. Nice. And I said, how do you buy your coffee? Uh -huh. Where do you get it from? What Do you know where it comes from? Do you know how much the farmer is being paid? Some of them had pretty unsatisfactory answers and didn't seem to care. Some of them had great answers and, and you could tell it was a part of their passion as well. And suddenly we could kind of start building some, some connections. Mm -hmm. You know, business is all about networking. Mm -hmm. Well, business with mission is also all about networking. Sure. And if you're trying to grow a mission, it takes that same level of hustle and push and hard work to meet people, connect with people, serve people, help people, and not be afraid to ask some of those hard questions. And so 
we just reached out and started asking around and started building the connections over time. Well, that's super fascinating, right? Because like, you know, a lot of times um, it, it doesn't seem like you you thought of initially like, okay, well, I'm going to go into roasting coffee. Mm-hmm. It was more of like, hey, like, let me figure out how I can do this for myself. Mm-hmm. You started building out that network. Mm-hmm. And from that network, you were kind of like able to make these like, you know, different connections in order to do it yourself. So was there, when, what, what did the first bag of like, you know, ethically sourced coffee that was roasted by mm-hmm. uh, Philip Clayman look like? Yep. So uh, the first coffee we ever had was actually a fair trade organic coffee. Okay. So fair trade USA certified it. Okay. That just means that they guarantee a price minimum that they deem as fair. And it's more than double what you'd find for industry standards. So okay. it's a it's a good thing. It's a good stepping stone. And honestly, it was pretty easy, right? We yeah. could find fair trade coffees pretty easily. So we ordered a fair trade organic Mexican coffee from Chiapas, Mexico, and it tasted great, super fun. Uh, and the second coffee we ever purchased was uh, a Costa Rican coffee. Uh, with an organization called Thrive Coffee Farmers. Mm -hmm. And they basically sell the coffee uh, beans on consignment and the farmer sees much higher percentages um, compared to the final sale, even than fair trade, but then especially towards the typical market systems. Got you. Um, And so that Costa Rican was paying, I mean, four to five times, six times what industry standard would have been. And what what does that do for the farmer? Like, Mm -hmm. does that, you know, is that a, I mean, I'm sure game changer, right? Like, you know. Yeah, Uh, you know. Once again, farmers are dealing with just incredible risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's game changer. I mean, we have what you're seeing right now is you have lots of farmers leaving many ag industries, but you're seeing it in coffee as well uh, because it's easier now to move into the city and get a job in tech, right? That's right. I mean, lots of farmers are leaving their jobs because they're not getting paid enough. That's it's right. not worth it. That's right. Well, we have we can have two perspectives on that. We can either say, yeah, it's not worth it. Food's not that important. Or we can say, maybe we should actually be paying a little bit more for our food and start caring. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's kind of the mentality we take. That's Farmers right. Farmers work hard. They deserve their share of, of the work that they put into it. That's right. And yeah, or, you know, situations like Thrive Farmers definitely are incredible with that. And Fair Trade is a great stepping stone as well for that. Tell me, uh, so, you know, uh, as Three Tree kind of like, you know, started to involve, uh, did you have ever have the opportunity to work directly with farmers? Or like, where where are you at with that uh, yeah. piece of the mission at this point? Yep, absolutely. Uh, it definitely developed over time. Once uh-huh. again, we didn't have it at the very beginning. I, I didn't know, I, you know, do I just fly to Honduras <laughs> and start walking around? Like, how do you do this, right? Yeah. But once again, through networking and just connecting, yeah, we ended up building up building some of our own partnerships, whether it's with the farmer or maybe a um, you know a middleman somewhere overseas, but that has a similar vision to us. So a great example of that would be we got an incredible coffee from Guatemala in 2015 or 16. Uh, that was from Maria, you know, the farm owner. Her name's Maria. She is a third generation farm owner. She has 2,000 plus acres of land on a mountain in Antigua, Guatemala. She raises dairy cows, has coffee. And she's good. Like her life is good. Yeah. She is thriving. And when you talk with her, you could just tell that she loves life. She's empowered. She's doing great. And a huge part of that was she's been working with this guy named Julio who lives in Guatemala City and helps put some of these farmers on the map. And he has a similar passion for us. So I share that because it's not always as pretty as I'm calling up a farmer and saying, hey, let's order <laughs> yeah, some coffee. I'm I, sure it's not. I don't know all these languages. I don't know all these cultures, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Like it's we're buying from all around the world. So you're going to have middlemen at different points. Mm. But the question is, are those middlemen in tune with your values as well? And how do you vet that? Right. And so that's kind of how we've been building this over time. And so another example would be a coffee we have right now is from Abana Estate in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And the connection to that farm was from the farm owner's son, Mike Omron. Mm. We met him at a coffee conference. He lives out in California, loved his coffee. And now he's helping us stay in tune with what's happening in farm level. Mm -hmm. So 
it's all about partnerships. And yes, we've been starting to build out some of our own. Uh, and we actually call a lot of those, uh, all those coffees in our organization, gold leaf coffees. Mm. And pretty much all of our coffees can be segmented in those two categories. It's either a fair trade coffee or it's going to be a gold leaf coffee, meaning we're a little bit more connected with these partnerships. Mm -hmm. And that means that the obviously the farmers get a, a little bit better deal. In every situation, right? the farmer's getting paid better. It's a better situation for them. And in every situation, the coffee tastes better too. Got you. Usually higher, you know, if, if higher prices are paid, it incentivizes to sure. make better products. That's right. right. That's right. Um, and the farmer has even more uh, pride in their craft. Got you. So that's the the one of the, one of the mission statements. Let's move on to the ne next one, which mm -hmm. is uh, inhuman trafficking. Mm -hmm. So how did that kind of come to be? Why, mm -hmm. why was that kind of like brought into the overall mission statement of Three Tree Coffee? Yep, absolutely. Uh, similarly, it kind of has to do with um, some an experience uh, that my wife and I had. We actually went to Indonesia in 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, we were looking at some humanitarian opportunities out there that had to do with agriculture, not necessarily coffee. There, there was maybe a coffee component. But we were looking at a couple of different things because we've always just had a passion for serving people. Mm. It's just kind of always been there for us. And uh, we were looking for ways to do that in ag-centric uh, communities. And so while we were there, we actually ended up meeting a victim of sex trafficking who wow. was saved out of that situation. And we met her in a coffee shop, um, ironically. Uh, no, coffee was not on the radar at this time. And yet we met her and it was just incredibly shaking. I mean, it just kind of it rattled us, mm -hmm. right? We had heard a lot of statistics that there's millions of people sold into sex slavery and different forms of labor trafficking to this day. And I'm ashamed to say this honestly, but I mean, meeting someone face to face hit so much deeper. Yeah. And and I wish the statistics had been enough. It should have been enough. Sure. And yet when we met her, it really just hit home. And, and that night I just didn't sleep. I remember thinking, this, this isn't right. People yeah. are more valuable than this. That's right. Uh, people aren't goods. People aren't commodities. And if we value coffee as more than a commodity, how dare people use other people as a commodity? And so it just really ignited this passion in us to say, we're against that and we don't care what we're using, what's the platform, we wanna be against that. Yeah. And lo and behold, it just ended up being coffee, right? Yeah. So that's why that's that's the second piece of our mission. That's kind of the origination of where that came from uh, is, is meeting Michelle. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in all of this, um, you know, as a organization, I think it's very important that these missions, uh, like, you know, are, are shown throughout. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, how important is it that these, at least these initial two components, like offer, you know, a, uh, a, a, I wouldn't say strategy, but rather maybe a focal point mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, everybody within kind of like the the business to act on those things. Okay. So so for me, I think that the question is like, you know, how important is it for that mission statement to be there before you were actually roasting coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for us, once again, we didn't plan this intentionally, like this great business strategy, but it ended up being incredibly foundational, yeah. right? Like, because lots of people wanted to rally around this. Suddenly mm -hmm. there was a purpose to this beyond just, I'm just going to drink coffee. I'm just going to work for a coffee shop. I'm just going to yep. go sit and work on my homework. Suddenly it kind of gave everyone a deeper buy-in to say, wow, we can actually be a, a small part of these solutions. And I'll be the first to tell you, we don't, we don't think we're that important. <laughs> we have this bold mission, but we're just playing our part. And that brings us to the third part of our mission, which is we want to engage our community, which means service. Yeah, we yeah. want to serve our customers, serve our neighbors, invest in our city, you know, be on the Blue Mile and help the Blue Mile initiative. We want to serve this community, but engage also means we want to mobilize this community towards our mission. Mm. 
we want to mobilize our staff towards this mission. That's right. We want to mobilize our customers towards this mission. Mm -hmm. So it's it's become foundational because it's it's really become what continues to drive us forward, continues to grow, continues to push, is is this threefold mission. Um, you know, this is hypothetical. You know, do you feel that Three Tree would have be able to see the success that it has mm -hmm. without this mission statement? I don't think so. I don't think so. Why do you think that's the case? Um, you know, we, we, we've got smart people. We've got good strategy. I think our branding's all right. You know, like we got other elements that I think make this successful. Uh, but there's something deeper to this. Um, and I would even, I would, I would start with internally our staff. Mm. This mission has created such a unity and drive and like-mindedness and rigor and zeal for the day-to-day. -day. Okay. Because even though we don't feel this every day, we don't, right? Like it's not like every day we wake up and we're pouring a latte saying, I'm in human trafficking, <laughs> right? That's right. We don't feel it every day, but it's constantly rallying us and holding us accountable and encouraging us to work together towards this goal. Yeah. And I've worked in a, quite a few different work settings and this, it's, it's, this is unlike anything I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It's incredible to be a part of this group of people um, that's just so passionate about this. And, and that's, that's because of the mission. And the mission draws people who are passionate about that, but then it also holds us together. And then, of course, the customers, right? We have lots of customers that they, they shop with us because they know we have higher values than just make a cup of coffee or make a buck, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so we have a lot of customers that I think are loyal to us for that reason as well. Well, I, I think in here, you know, I, I've had the the pleasure of, you know, going to the coffee shop and, you know, experiencing what 3Tree is. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head that, you know, the service there is just impeccable, right? Like I go in there and I, I'm, I get something that is more than just, here's your cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. It's the community. It's, you know, all these aspects. And I think that, you know, the rallying behind that mission statement where everybody is aligned is the key, yep. you know? And so for, for businesses out there that are, you know, wanting to start up, mm -hmm. what type of advice would you have for them to maybe create their own kind of like mission statement, their own um, thing that their business can hope to achieve? Yeah. Well, so once again, I I think I know a lot more about business now than I did when I first started. Sure. And I probably still have a lot to learn. But uh, as I look at it now, consumers are demanding a lot more of a purpose mm -hmm. and a mission behind a brand. Sure. Um, it's more expected than ever before. So purely from a business strategy standpoint, I would say it's becoming somewhat foundational. I don't think that should be the reason why someone necessarily chooses a mission though. It shouldn't just be purely, oh, I should just match a market and make sure I'm hitting my market well. I think it should be deeper than that. And so what I would encourage people to do is just ask yourself, what what makes you cry? Mm. What makes you sad? Like what what breaks you in this world? That's what it took for me with Indian human trafficking, right? It, man, that night broke me. I, was, I cried a lot that night, all right? It was a hard, I mean, it was a hard night. Yeah. And it was a hard few weeks. And there's times where I still reflect on that. And I still learn hard information about any human trafficking that's just not encouraging and it breaks my heart. There's something deeper there that hits. And I think everyone needs to find out what that is for them. Sure. Um, and I think there is something for everyone. What makes you sad? What do you see in this world that you say, this isn't right and this should be made right? And I would say start there. That's right. Because if you're not passionate about it and you're purely doing it for market value, you're trying to fake it. Yeah. People read through that. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to yeah. last. It's the a authenticity, faulty foundation. Yeah. The authenticity is not there. Yeah. Uh, and so just start by looking inwards. What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that makes you sad? Um, that's how you choose the purpose. If you want to choose the business, I would say, what makes you happy? Sure. What do you love to do? I right? love that. And you combine those two things and suddenly you find a business with a purpose that 
man, you, you love, right? Yeah. There's something really holistic about it. That's right. Um, was there any other option besides coffee? Oh, man. Uh, oh, that's a good question. You mean because, in terms of starting a business or just in terms of because the mission, career? The, the, well, the mission, the mission was always there. Yes. Right? Okay. Like, so, so the mission's there. Yeah, yeah. Was it ever going to be anything was else? It ever anything, was it going to be something else? Because there's different yeah. ways to serve, right? Like, Absolutely. Um, you know, that's a good question. I worked in coffee before all these stories I'm telling you. Gotcha. So there had already been- Did you have interest at that point? Interactions in the coffee industry. I, no, I didn't have a huge passion to start my own coffee business. We actually moved to Statesboro just to be closer to Anna's, my wife's family. Yeah. So the move really did, had nothing to do with let's start a coffee business or the strategic business move. <laughs> Once again, we roasted coffee in our backyard more for fun. Yeah. And yes, the mission was there, but we can accomplish a mission without starting a business. Yeah. Uh, we were already brainstorming. How can we just use our lives to end human trafficking? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How can we buy our stuff ethically? We don't have to start a business to be asking ourselves those questions as consumers. So the mission was already working itself in our life. Uh, the business ended up kind of coming along with it. And it was just coffee. There really was no no other option. It, that's just the one that we were most comfortable with. And it's the one we were most excited about because coffee culture does have this really unique ability to rally masses. It does. Very diverse masses. That's right. Right. Uh, it's, it's that third space, that gathering space. It promotes community and it gets good um, face time, good stage time to promote something really important, mm -hmm. right? Because lots of people like coffee. So, yeah. We just thought there was a lot of strategy to also using coffee for this purpose. And so we never really veered from that. It was like, all right, let's let's try coffee and let's just take it a step at a time and see how it goes. I love that. Uh, take me back to the moment that you realized that you were about to step into this. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously like there's all these stories are kind of like lining themselves and it's like, hey, like, you know, these, mm -hmm. these things are happening. At what point were you like, all right, it's time to go full-fledged. This is our mission. This is, you know, what we're going to do. When did that happen? Yeah. Well, we were roasting, as I mentioned, you know, at the start of 2014. And we were selling at the farmer's market. And we were called Three Tree, and we had the three-fold mission. Yeah. And, and we were serious about it. But we were really, really small. Yeah. I mean, really small. Mm -hmm. We were roasting one pound at a time. I mean, it was just, this is a very tiny operation. I was just working at home. At home. <laughs> I was working at the bank at the time. Uh -huh. We did end up getting a small warehouse with a slightly bigger machine, but it was still the side hustle with, with a great mission. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was 2015. Um, I was, I was working at the bank and, uh, we had some good friends who were very passionate about Indian human trafficking. Um, who were already a part of the business. They were just helping us roast and doing things like that. And they found this location on South Main Street. It was actually a location-driven decision. They mm. found this location and I'll never forget, they called us and said, guys, if we're ever gonna open a coffee shop, this is it. Mm -hmm. And we went and looked at it and we loved it. And that was kind of the moment for me where it's like, is this a, is this, are we all in? Sure. This business, this business model, so this mission. So originally it was just the roaster. It was just roasting, side on, hustle, on the farmer's markets. Were you, were you selling like uh, uh, beans to like, you know, uh, like other like coffee shops already we at that point? Up, absolutely. We had picked up a couple of coffee shops, maybe a bakery or two that mm -hmm. were wholesale clients of ours. But even then that was fairly manageable to be doing while I worked full time um, doing something else. It was 2015 opening the shop when it, it was kind of that jump of how much do I actually believe in this business and That's this right. vision? Because this can't happen unless I leave the bank. That's right. And that was wild. That yeah. was scary. That was, that was like that entrepreneurial moment of that jump. Yeah. And of course, I loved it, right? Like, like they, <laughs> you know this. There's an adrenaline to it. 
and this and this testing of it where you think what if i if i say no i'm always going to wonder yeah and I said, you know what, I got to take this jump. And, I, and there, I've had multiple times like that since, right? There, as we continue to grow and expand, there's always those moments of this crossroads of how much do I believe in what I'm building here? Because right. I'm about to put a lot more weight on it. That's right. Um, and that was definitely the first moment. It was opening the first coffee shop, took the jump, never looked back, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, um, when you when you did that, um, you know, obviously, again, the mission statement is continuously mm-hmm. important in that mm-hmm. um and even to this day when you walk in to three tree it's like you know uh, all, all over the walls like it's something that's very kind of like a huge component of what it is that you do how did you develop the culture for people to rally behind mm-hmm. what that mission statement was mm-hmm. like how do you how do you do something like that yeah because you believe it that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the people that you bring on will absolutely um uh, we're very uh, something that should be pretty clear, and you just even verified it, is that we're incredibly vocal about it. Mm. Right? We just we're not ashamed of it. We put it out there a lot. We talk about it a lot. We run events where we're welcoming in different professors or other organizations to share about this on a more intellectual, deeper level because we're not experts on ending human trafficking. We're experts on coffee. Yeah, we love some coffee, but we want to bring in the other experts when it comes to these big, big issues. Right? And so we're we're just always bringing it up. It's on our wall. It's mm-hmm. on our bag. It's on our website. It's we're just throwing it out all over, and that's a part of that's mobilization, right? Once again, we want our community to know about these things and start caring about it themselves. Um, but then the a natural side effect of this is that it it starts to just pull. It attracts people who rally around that already. That's right. And so we interview a lot of people that when we ask them why do you want the job, they say man, I love your mission or yeah. I've been passionate about any human trafficking yep. for a long time, right? And that doesn't automatically mean they're hired, but at the same time, <laughs> when someone wants it in, at that deeper level of, of purpose, sure, that's that's powerful. That's right. right? That, that's what caused us to leave the bank and jump, make all these jumps. Um, and so because we just broadcast it all over, it usually will kind of almost attract people who are passionate about that too and helps and it helps create that culture. It also takes intentionality. Sure. Uh, we got to regularly be putting this in front of our crew, teaching them, encouraging them to share it with others. Um, and and we're, we take different uh, you know steps to do that. So. That's right. How about like uh, the biggest challenge? When, when has, you know, the biggest, has there ever been a crossroads for the mission statement where, you know, it becomes challenged and it becomes mm-hmm. difficult to uphold? Yep. 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about that. Anyone who owned a business <laughs> during that time, through the end of 2020, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It sucked. <laughs> it was it, hard. It was hard. It was difficult. Uh, that was hard. We we saw so we saw sales drop by uh, I think it was around 72 wow. percent four weeks in. Wow. Uh, you know this. The crowd yeah. probably doesn't, but we had just purchased uh, our second coffee shop in Pooler, so we just literally March 7th. So we had just purchased another coffee shop, and one week later the world goes into quarantine. We're trying to figure out how to pay staff. Can we even keep staff? What do we do there? Um, And so, you know, it's interesting because it would have been so easy. It would have been so easy to pay half the cost on coffee, Mm. a quarter of the cost on coffee. All right, let's, Let's maybe just not empower the farmer just to make it buy. So that way we can empower them later, mm. right? We we could justify this. And I don't think anyone would have been upset with us to start buying our coffee unethically and and help ourselves make it through, right? And yet, quite the opposite. It was the mission that actually kind of held us on that North Star focus of we're going to make it through this. And I'll never forget, 
um, you know, after about a month and a half of the pandemic, I met with my team and I pretty much asked them, I was like, all right, sales are down. Yeah. Things are hard. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work, but is the mission still worth fighting for? Yeah. And one by one, I, I, I gave everyone an opportunity. If you want to say no, say no, but everyone take your opportunity. Is the mission still worth fighting for? And every single one of them said yes. So we started fighting and we didn't compromise. Yeah. We kept paying good prices to our farmers. We kept, in fact, it's kind of fun. We, in October of 2020, decided we wanted to try and raise more money than we'd ever raised before for any human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. We kind of became a little bonkers, I think. Yeah. Right? We were like, got wonky with it where we were like, you know what? Let's just raise as much money as we can. Sure. Forget it. I mean, uh, let's go for it. Sure. And we ended up raising $5,000 in one month wow. for uh, Out of Darkness, a great organization uh, that rescues and restores victims out of trafficking. Um, and that was October 2020. So that was, it's funny because, you know, when you hit times like that, it really, it, it's, it's that litmus test. It's that crossroads of, are we going to compromise or not? I'm proud to say we didn't, but more than that, it was actually the mission that really kind of said, let's go, let's mm -hmm. fight, let's dig in. It's mm -hmm. not fun. It's hard, but let's dig in. Mm -hmm. Your, your mission statement is, you know, it seems like it's, would you say that it's the cornerstone mm -hmm. of your business? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So like, you know, with something like that, it has such an impact. I think it mm -hmm. flows into employees. It mm -hmm. flows into, you know, the feeling that people uh, get when they're working there. Yeah. Uh, it even flows into like the guests when they're coming in. Right. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, is something that is super impactful yeah. for a business to have. Absolutely. And in the back end that people don't see like inventory and ordering where yeah. we're getting our beans and where we're getting our fair trade chocolate. And then into the financial side of, oh, fair trade cho chocolate costs more. It costs this much more. How do we charge prices that are fair? Right. Yeah. I mean, it hits everything. It hits That's right. Every component of business from the marketing to culture to inventory to ordering and finances. And yeah, it's it's a cornerstone. It is, it affects every decision we make. That's right. Uh, and we kind of call it a foundation, right? We were building this whole house on that foundation because mm -hmm. um, it'll never change. Like That's right. We don't. That will never change. Other parts of the business may come and go. That is always going to be who we are. Do you think so? When these other business like parts of the business like come and go, like what, like how does the does the mission statement have any impact on those things mm -hmm. that yeah. that they're coming and going? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We're always asking ourselves any decision we make. Does it align? We're saying, does this align and why? And of course, we're also a business, right? Sure. Like, I mean, we, we talk about how to make money too, because That's we're right. a business and That's we right. have to, right? And That's we want right. to. It's fun. I mean, this is an exciting thing about creating a business is creating value for community, your community, creating value for your staff, creating value for yourself. And so we're still running a business. We still make business decisions. But yeah, we're regularly saying, how is this fueling our mission and holding ourselves accountable to it? And and. I would say that's been like, it's been good to hold ourselves accountable to it. Uh, one thing I would encourage others is surround yourself with a team that is passionate about this mission yep. so that you're held accountable, right? I would say more of my team members are more passionate about the mission than about making money and growing. That's awesome. Um, and that's, that's, it's healthy. It's right. Cause we see this, we see that we want to, we could say yes to everything and it kind of helps us stay reined in and saying, okay, what are we saying yes to? Why are we saying yes to that? And how is it fueling our mission? That's right. And if it, we don't have an obvious answer, it's not always a no, but then we just say, okay, how could it fuel our mission? Um, so it's, yeah, it, it influences everything. Philip, super thankful for you, you know, sharing kind of like these different aspects of your business. You know, I, I think as a uh, business owner myself, uh, you know, I have to reflect and, you know, be thinking about, you know, the business um, uh, mission of, you know, the companies that I'm a part of. Uh, I encourage everybody else out there that's also kind of like that has their own business to also think about those different things. Because at the end of the day, if you're able to create purpose, mm -hmm. 
outside of, okay, this is a way, a, a way to meet ends. Mm -hmm. That is when you start making really impactful things happen. Mm -hmm. And yep. that is what you are doing. And I thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Enjoy chatting. Cool, man. Thank you.